It's refreshment time, folks. After returns and videotapes. Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Do you like scary movies, Sydney? You have a TV? No. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. Don't need a TV. Books, records, films, these things matter. Call me shallow. It's the fucking truth. Over 1,600 titles, each for rent at just $2 the first night and only a... Finish it. I don't watch TV. Yeah, but you are aware that there's an invention called television, and on this invention they show shows, right? Tonight on Six Ed World. Okay, one channels 18, 24, 63, 10987, and weather channel. Welcome to the Frog Brothers Podcast with your hosts Justin and Alec. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Frog Brothers Podcast. We want to welcome all of our tadpoles. What's going on? What's that? Sea dwelling creatures, or uh, actually fresh water dwelling creatures, something like that. But we coined that term on the last episode with our good buddy old pal Nathan Bartocci. So he, he was there for the inauguration of our guests and the new terminology that we're using for our fans. We had a big party with it. Talked Mortal Kombat. So that was a good one. Um, <clears throat> also, yesterday we had a, uh, new YouTube episode of Mail Time uploaded, so be sure to check that out, as well as a, uh, earlier this week, a YouTube video of us in L.A. from last year. And, uh, next week we're doing a Ghostbusters episode for Ghostbusters Day. We're gonna have another, uh, YouTube video up for that, covering, uh... Just a recap of our experience there last year. So, Our friend Tony Onoveros that was with us at FanFest will be our guest, one of our guests, on the next episode for Ghostbusters Day 2020. Philip Wilburn will be our other guest. We'll probably have a shorter interview segment with him and then have a little longer bit with Tony, but uh, we'll see how it all works out. All right, so the state of the world is really unsettling right now i don't want to get into that too much everyone knows what's going on with that people are beating the dead horse with it but ultimately it's stressful times out there so hopefully we're going to give you a little relief from the stress and the insanity going on in the world right now so uh if you're having a tough time or you've been through a tough time reach out we know how that goes we know how that feels so know that we're thinking about everybody out there going through this shit and we support people fighting for equality and human rights so just wanted to throw that out there before we get too far in anything and on a lighter note as major pain would say let me give you something to take your mind off that pain let me give you something to take your mind off that pain if the boogie man's still in there he ain't happy (laughs) i said charlie you ain't got no legs fucking love that movie hey so fun story about the movie major pain uh, I made our grandma come and see Major Pain with me, with our Aunt Anne and uh, Carl, Uncle Carl. Uh-huh. It's pretty awesome. So, we'll jump right in. Or do we want to jump in? I got some cool stuff in the mail today that you will see on a future episode of Mail. But uh, I'll give you a little tease of what it is, and you can see photos later. But Alec ordered me a film cell... Or not a film cell, but a uh, animation cell from the real Ghostbusters. None other than Mr. Egon Spangler himself. Who I've met a few times at different cons, so that's pretty badass. Looks looks like a cameo of uh, Peter Venkman's foot in there, too, I think. Oh, on the ladder, yeah. Part <laughs> of it's still covered, so I haven't fully revealed it yet. Yeah, I thought that'd be sick since you didn't have any of those. But uh. No, and that's a good call because I did have Maurice LaMarche uh, sign a thing at uh, Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City a couple of years ago. And then obviously we met him at FanFest and uh, it's a hell of a time. He came and was basically photobombing us while we were over uh, getting some food and drinks. And uh, he kind of came up in line and we kind of just uh, had a casual conversation with him, which is pretty awesome. Definitely an awesome guy. Right. 
So, let's jump into episode by episode. We now return to the real Ghostbusters. Diane, 11.30 a.m., February 24th. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Bill Murray is the funniest man on the planet. Episode by episode. So, we are on episode 9 of our podcast, but we are on episode 8 of Extreme Ghostbusters. Now streaming on Hulu. Unless you want to go try and find a DVD bootleg somewhere. So, episode uh, 8 is titled, Home is Where the Horror Is. If you say it like Danny DeVito, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, Home is Where the Horrors Is. Right. One of the things I like most, doing most, is banging whores. Yep, that's a classic Danny DeVito right there for you. For sure. Maybe some foreshadowing also. But, uh... Hmm. Clever anyway. girl. <laughs> so the beginning of this episode starts out with a couple of kids walking down the street, and they're doing some sort of fundraising project, and, you know, the one kid says something about not wanting to go to this house, and the other one's like, oh, I, I don't believe in ghosts. I'm like, where have we heard that one before? The judge mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters do. People I want to hear there. malarkey about spooks, specters. And then, of course, you know, anytime someone says they don't believe in ghosts, um, right. they basically get dealt the backhand for running the trap. Pretty much. And so these kids uh, get taken inside by this nice little old lady, and they're trying to sell her chocolate so they can get a free bicycle. Ponzi yeah. schemes. Gotta love Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes. Especially when they're done on children. Exactly. You're raised at a young age to learn to give your... to work harder for someone else. Pretty much. We'll give you, like, a fucking $30 bicycle. But you gotta sell $500 of the candy. Yeah. And we're gonna make $1,000 off of. (laughs) It's a dollar. Yeah, it's definitely a a bicycle worth $30, too, by the time you'd get it. But... (laughs) Anyway, this lady... They walk in there, and then uh, you hear them scream, No! And I was kind of, like, reminded of the, you know, episode three, No! Oh, yeah, for sure. Then we go to the theme song. Got the classic theme song. Got the 90s new metal vibes going. Ghostbusters. Something strange in a neighborhood. We got to call Ghostbusters. 90s alternative rock Ghostbusters. Yeah. Extreme. The extreme. It's the extreme. (laughs) So. No, he should have cameoed on this show, though. (laughs) Bill Paxton been like, game over, man. Game over. Yep. So as you're saying, they open up into the firehouse after the uh, little credit sequence. And, you know, there's always some tomfoolery going on in there. And you see Eduardo eating a candy bar, and he's just taunting Slimer. And, of course, he winds up taunting Garrett, who is fasting for one reason or another. Kylie is, uh, you know, she's got to foreshadow what's going to come on the episode. She says, oh, it's the summer solstice today. So basically saying the longest day of the year. And she says, oh, demons are known to get out and feed on the longest day of the year. Right. Well, can you guess what happens (laughs) after that? (laughs) Holy shit. Demons are feasting on shit after that. Pretty sweet. Yep. So the the parents come to the Ghostbusters, and they're like, yo, you know, normally I don't buy into this shit, but our fucking kids are gone after trying to sell candy to the murder house, basically. And then Egon's got to get in there and say, oh yeah, this history has, or this this house has a long history of disturbances and disappearances as he's going through what appears to be microfish which is probably something else some of you youngsters out there never had to do with had to do a fucking research Mm -hmm. using microfish in high school it's fucking bullshit it's time consuming it takes a while and uh the only other time i can think of in pop culture that you see someone using microfish is batman going through the fucking old newspaper records all right i just want to ask you what the fuck is microfish 
Well, it's a like a transparency type of a thing, and you basically stores at a very high resolution that you blow up by using a, a projector, basically, so you can see it. So it basically archives old newsprints. So basically, have stacks in, of in movies, when you see them looking at newsprints and they're using a weird scrolling projector system at a library, that's what they're using. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So and I used it at the school library. So um, and, oh, like City Slickers too. And yeah, exactly. And Egon had to use one <laughs> here. So just for all you kids, uh, part of a history lesson there. Apparently, you know, in the '90s, we were still using that shit because the internet wasn't super super fast yet. <laughs> we weren't watching talking pictures that time. We were watching still photos load line by line. So. Uh, first world problems these days with fast internet anyhow so egon's doing his research on there says this house has a history of all this stuff and to be very careful when they go over there and do you think they're careful when they get there fuck no i can walk right in like a bunch of noobs but you know they kind of are they're only on their ninth episode or eighth episode yep i confused our numbers for theirs whoopsie yeah so they go in there and then the grandma's in there and they're kind of just like, all right, I mean, it's a fucking grandma. It's a big deal. And uh, I think it's Roland that finds the kid's school patch. Is it? I believe so. That sounds correct. And he's like, uh, yeah, shit's fucked. These kids were here. They were Whether here. this woman fucked with these kids or the ghost did, someone's fucking done something with the kids here. And then the woman disappears. And then the windows melt. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a callback to a real Ghostbusters episode where they go investigate a haunted house. And uh, fun fact, the uh, picture of that old lady um, looks like she's in the real Ghostbusters firehouse by Kenner. There's a picture of an old lady, that, and this new old lady looks similar to that one. Kind of classic old granny. Not like they show grandmas in films anymore in the modern day times, so... Grandmas are much cooler now than they used to be portrayed, so. Yeah. Take that as you will. Well, I mean, look at just Aunt May in the Spider-Man 90s cartoon, and then look at her in Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, one of them, you're like, oh, I'd go over there and have dinner with them. That seems like a nice family, and you're like, one of them, I would take out to dinner. And there you go. <laughs> that explains the difference, and children. never call her again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh... So, they, then they talk to this ghost guy. There's a ghost there, and he's, like, saying some shit. He's, like, an old-timey ghost. He has another thin mustache. They like to draw a lot of thin mustaches. Yeah, it's kind of going for so. that Vincent Price look almost with him, right? Yeah. Definitely a throwback to, like, old horror movies and old horror movie hosts. It's kind of what the vibes I got from him. And, um... Then there's some furniture ghost monsters. It's like the furniture is possessed because it's like they haven't figured out quite yet that the house is the ghost and it's doing all this shit. And Shinola. Yeah, so um, they come to the conclusion that the ghosts that they're coming across in there are actually the victims of the house. And they're trying to get them, they're trying to escape and they're trying to warn them and shit. Yeah, and they also run Not into hurt a- them. A, a maid ghost, right? And so she's kind of a recurring ghost through the rest of the episode. Yeah. And then you see these, all these talking ghosts, and then at one point in time they're surrounded by like what appears to be zombies, and then they kind of realize like, oh, these are the victims of the the ghost. Then they're in that uh, Doc Brown's clock room. Yeah, which had those little pterodactyl looking bird fly out of the birds instead of the little little pretty chirpy birds coming out of the cuckoo clock. Yeah, and they just sh- blast them and they explode basically. Yeah, so there's a good line in there. He's like, oh, we're in the belly of the beast. Once they realize they're in the house, and the house is the ghost. And then uh, Kylie says something about, you know, from the books, that there's supposed to be a demon feast at midnight. And Eduardo freaks out, and he's like, oh, God, it's midnight. And Garrett looks at his digital watch, and it's just like, nah, dude, it's only 1130. Yeah, <laughs> so then they're on a race against time here to find these kids before midnight. Yeah. And here's uh, one goofy thing that happens. They're going, you know, they're they're racing through this place. And they come across, like, a, a pendulum that looks like a giant grandfather clock swinging thing, you know, they're trying to get past. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? 
Uh-huh. So, Kylie jumps through first and is like, badass. And then Wardo's just like, fuck it, I'm a badass too. And then Roland's like, um, I don't know. And you know what I was expecting to happen here? What's that? I was expecting Roland to push, or uh, Garrett to push Roland out of the way and go. But instead, Eduardo reaches through, pulls Roland through, and Garrett mysteriously appears on the other side. Nice. Which uh, is just like, come on, you could have animated that. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, you know, you always see like the times where there's like laziness and something. You're like, yeah, let's see, what can we do here? He's in a wheelchair. Fuck it. He's just going to appear over there. He took the handicap. There was a door next door to it. You know, that's where he took. Yeah. Well, he found the smart way to go through, so that's fine. Yeah, he was already over there waiting. Like, he was literally on the other side of Kylie. Like, he had gone before her, but he was behind her and Eduardo before, so. Yeah. What are you going to do? Then you see that they find the kids, and they're all glued up to the wall with a bunch of green slime. And then you're thinking to yourself watching this, like, oh, they could just use some mood slime and neutralize it. But no yeah, one. I was also thinking of killer clowns in outer space. Yes, yes, with the little um, cotton candy pods they put everyone in. Even a little bit of the mom and dad saved the world when the guy's like, "Open my pants." Very cool. He's stuck to the wall. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, luckily nothing happened that on this program. Nothing like that ever happened in there. What a crime! So, so eventually. Uh, uh, they get the kids free, but then Garrett gets stuck on the same goo. Yeah, before they do that, he sa- the, one of the kids says to Roland, Are you Batman? And he says, I'm his cousin, Ghostbuster Man. Oh, yeah, I forgot that cheesy <laughs> line in there, yeah. And then he continues to call him Ghostbuster Man, the kid does. But yeah, you're right, Garrett gets swallowed up by the fucking slime on the floor, and you're like, oh. And Eduardo's determined that he's dead immediately oh, until yeah. he sees him again. He always does that, though, then, throughout the show. That's like a recurring theme. Like, maybe they're dead. You're like... Exactly. I love it. I mean, he's like the third stooge missing from Home Alone. Maybe he committed suicide. Exactly. So, um... Oh, yeah. The, and then it shows the monster try to eat Garrett or whatever. After he's swallowed by the slime, it's like fucking with him. Yeah. And then they come and they they break through and they blast it. And this is where I realized, have you seen much of the Extreme Ghostbusters toy line? Yeah, I've seen pictures of most of them. looked into it in detail? So you know the house ghost? Uh Uh-huh. The green house ghost? Yes. I'm thinking that is this green house ghost. Yes, that should be it. See, I never connected that one or the mouth critter to an actual ghost from an episode till now. So at least that one, I feel like, came from this episode in this moment. That was a huge difference between the Trendmasters line and Kenner's real Ghostbusters line is they actually did stuff based on ghosts in the program, which real Ghostbusters could have done that for the later seasons. They could have easily gone back and done ghosts from that, but they just kind of did their own thing. So whatever. We're giving, we're so gonna... now I got to f- got to figure out which episode Mouth Critter came from then, if he in did, in fact did. Because obviously Sam Hain came from real Ghostbusters episodes, and they must have planned to obviously have him in there, because he's in the intro. They just never got around to it. Yes, this is true. But, anyway. The monster tries to eat Garrett, the house ghost is there, they whoop the house ghost's ass. It kind of, uh... They just used proton streams on it, so the proton streams that wouldn't work yeah. in Ghostbusters 2 worked on this house ghost. So they didn't need mood slime to neutralize the slime. So everything we were taught to know was not listened to by these writers. So, hey, what do you do? Well, also, these are different proton streams that are supposedly way more powerful than their other ones. But this isn't necessarily the same type of slime that's in Ghostbusters 2 either. There could be all sorts of different types of actual slime properties and things. Uh, Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Exactly. So then they start realizing that they're going to have to take this whole house out, right? So then they start blasting the house, and it kind of, like, winds up crumbling down. Yeah. Which is pretty fun. Like, that's kind of cool to see it, and then you're like, I hope that's not how they defeated that. I was like, they've had several episodes where they haven't trapped the ghost to finish it, and you're just like, okay, I get that that that's kind of repetitive and boring for, like, a writing standpoint, but 
I mean, yeah, well, if it's a ghost, it should still be able to be captured. Exactly, you're a ghost. When it's other shit, you don't need to capture it, but if it's a ghost, it should be put in the goddamn containment unit. Yeah, you gotta catch the ghost and put it away. I mean, it's not like the great outdoors, you catch it with a coat, smack it with a hammer. When you mean look Christmas for the vacation? Bat. Oh, that's, yeah, that is Chevy Chase and Christmas vacation. <laughs> that's all right. I forgive you. I forgive me, too. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here. Good job, you. I was about to say, why don't you give yourself a couple lashings? Pat on the back. Be like Nightcrawler from X-Men and just start carving fucking shit into you when you fuck up movie quotes. No, that's a little too dark that's and twisted for me. I'm, I'm good on that. I'll just get tattoos of cartoons and movie stuff instead. Looks better anyway. So they knocked this house down, right? And then they're kind of like looking around at all the rubble. And, of course, Eduardo... Goes over there and sees the door knocker, and he's like, hey, cool, a souvenir. And yep. they're all like, fucking idiot. What the hell is this moron doing? And then it turns into the giant ghost, which then they proceed to blast and trap in record timing. Well, they are the extreme Ghostbusters. And then there's obviously a lot of handicapped jokes in here, which are kind of controversial, but kind of funny. So, again, at the end of the episode... Eduardo pulls out a candy bar and is about to eat it, and he's taunting Garrett again. And Garrett says, don't make me get out of this chair. And Eduardo's like, why, what are you going to do about it? And you're like, wah, wah, wah. See you next time on Extreme Ghostbusters. <laughs> so one other Basically. thing on Extreme Ghostbusters I want to talk about real quick, because I mentioned it to you earlier on the phone, and I wanted to see if other people had this take. So the Extreme Ghostbusters toy line, the regular figures, not the deluxe figures, but the regular Egon and the regular Roland figure came with different proton packs than uh, Kylie and Eduardo. So the pack that they have on, I never seen in the show, but I did see in a piece of concept art that's actually in the Ghostbusters Ultimate Visual History. So that pack that they wear or have is the toy line is actually in front of one of them in that photo, but I don't think they ever had it in an episode. So much like the Sam Hain and the opening credits in the toy line, they either scrapped that episode or didn't release it. And, uh, you know, they had this other pack design that they released as a toy, but it's only in some concept art. But I feel so much better having actually finally associated that with something from the show, at least some piece of art. Because for the longest time, yeah. I was like, what the hell's wrong with you people? There's something seriously wrong with you guys. Like, is this a Luigi's Mansion toy? This thing looks like a fucking vacuum backpack. New in package. Speaking of, I found also, for some reason recently, I was looking at, uh, I've been buying the Extreme Ghostbusters Trendmasters line. So, so far I've gotten Kylie, Sam Hain, Slimer, and Deluxe Eduardo in my possession. But I've been looking for the regular Eduardo for a while. Inbox and, uh... For a while, I was finding him about to be 35 or $40, but I could never find it. And um, I recently was checking again, and it came up. I was finding the cheapest was like $91 in the U.S. I could have one shipped from Italy for like 50 or 60 but I was like, fuck that. So I uh, randomly on a whim checked again one night and found one that had just been put up for $25 free shipping. So I pulled the trigger on that son of a bitch, too. So switching gears a little bit here, we don't really have theme music for this one just because we're going to talk about drive-in theaters. And at the same time, uh, we're doing a shorter episode this week compared to usual stuff just because we had a guest on before and we've got a big action-packed episode next week. So we're going to talk about the anniversary of Goonies as well. And you might be wondering, why, why would I mention two things at once? Well, because I went and saw Goonies at the drive-in theater here. A drive-in theater opened up uh, a couple weeks ago here in Kansas City. The twin drive-in, so I went up there and watched the Goonies on the drive-in screen. Now, the sound was terrible, but, you know, whatever. What do you do about it? Now, so we got to watch the Goonies on the big screen. I had a hell of a time watching that, even though I just watched it at home recently. And then, of course, I watched the Josh Gad uh, Goonies reunion video he posted on YouTube prior to going up and viewing that at the drive-in. So 
definitely fun. I've always loved going to drive-ins. There's just something so nostalgic about going there and seeing a movie and having that experience. So I'm really glad there's still at least one over here and open and operating again. Um, since there's nothing new coming out, they don't really have any new movies showing. So the newest thing they had was Wonder Woman, and they're kind of rotating a schedule there. So hopefully I'll go back and catch something else up there. Gotcha. What the did you here opened, see uh, at the drive-in? Well, the drive-in here opened up a couple weeks ago. And the first thing they were playing was the fucking new Trolls movie with something else. And um, then they were playing The Hunt with Invisible Man, which I actually still might go to that later this week or something, or next week maybe. But uh, I'd highly recommend both of those. I enjoyed them. So if you go see them, then we could talk about them a little bit on here. Uh, we've watched The Invisible Man together in theaters, in case you didn't remember. But I just haven't seen The Hunt yet. <laughs> Did I but, see uh, The Invisible Man down there? No, you saw it in Kansas City and when we came up for our cousin's funeral. Oh. Yeah, I totally spaced February. on February. Forgot about all it those happens. trips. Yeah, we've had a... This year's been... That's what I mean, man. 2020 is fucking like... <laughs> oh, but wait, there's more. OxyClean. Yeah, but OxyClean at least serves a purpose even if it doesn't do a good job. This year has yeah. served no purpose other than to cause so, bullshit. So finally, they uh, I realized they were doing some older movies, and that's kind of where I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the drive and see some older films. First double feature I saw up there was Fast, The Fast and the Furious and uh, The Fast and the Furious 2. Too Fast, Too Furious, or whatever it's called. That's what it's called. Which are known to be trifling bad films. For some odd reason, I do like watching those movies. Whether it's just the car stunts, the ridiculousness of it, I don't know what it is. The fact that it's mindless, <laughs> I don't have to think much. It's one of those things where you just can turn off and sit there for a minute. Um, I don't think they're great movies, but either way, I was not about to go see those either. Okay. So um, Especially when I found out that Jaws and Jurassic Park were playing together as a Steven Spielberg double feature. That's pretty badass. So I uh, had never seen either of those on any sort of big screen. So I was like, yeah, help yeah, we're doing that. And my car has like really nice Bose sound system with really good bass. So, you know, they, you know, drive-ins these days, they use the radio to tune. You don't have to use shitty drive-in speakers anymore. So, I mean, they don't even have them at the drive-in here anymore. Um, so, sound was really good. Picture was really good for Jaws because um, at the drive-in, it's really good when you get movies that are really bright and not at night. Jurassic Park looked pretty decent for the most part, except some of the night scenes were a little harder to see, but um, it was a fucking good time. I brought a bunch of snacks. That's awesome. I'm totally jealous of that double feature at the drive-in. Like, oh man, I could only imagine seeing those two back-to-back. Two Spielberg classics on the big screen. Yeah, because yeah, that first Jaws pretty is... long, too. It was like, yeah, Jaws is so good. <laughs> yeah, I watched Jaws 2 the other day, and I'm just thinking, like, man, compared to Jaws 1, the original, it just got nothing on it. Yeah, I saw that you had watched that, and I threw on uh, Jaws 3 myself the other day, because I heard there were some funny bits in it, and... uh in the middle of it, I started cleaning my room. If that tells you how good that movie is. Well, that movie is a kid. Like that was one I'd seen a lot. So like, I do like that one a lot. I know a lot of people give that one a hard time, but I'd love how campy it is. It's like, so I just, over the top. It's, I was World, just, it's ridiculous, but I love that about it. Like, cause as a kid, like that to me, that was fun. Like, Oh, there's something like, I'd like to go to theme parks and do shit like that. And then you're like, Oh, you're not, now you're terrorizing something I do, which is actually kind of ahead of its time because look at, Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, I mean, getting terrorized at a theme park. That doesn't mean Westworld already existed. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But Westworld is about robots and Jaws. Yeah, but robots 3D. and sharks and then dinosaurs. It's a whole thing. But Jaws 3D. Now that's a movie right there. I'm not saying it's a good <laughs> I movie. I didn't a movie. watch it in 3D, but no. 
Well, I was like, oh, hey, Dennis Quaid, maybe this won't be terrible. Oh, God. Oh, God. Make it stop. I'll have to, I'll have to take another look at it sometime and, like, actually sit down and watch it, because I just, like I said, got bored and started cleaning my room pretty early on, so. No, I definitely enjoy that one quite a bit. It's so campy and over the top, it's ridiculous, but I like that about it. Well, I suppose we should, uh, move on to, uh, we got two more segments to go, but it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. At least last one was almost two hours long, so. Anyway, let's move on to happier things. So, um, I'm going to tell you this now, in case anyone gets all weird and shit about it, but we chose Super Troopers as our video, or our movie for Another Man's Garbage this week, prior to all the controversy going on in the world. That being said, this movie does deal with police corruption, so take that as you will. Correct Mundo, the 2001, uh movie, <laughs> Super Troopers, with the Broken Lizard Troop, has a 35% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 90% viewer score, which is a pretty big margarine. Margarine. Margarine, yeah. It's vegan butter. Don't worry. It's fine. It's a pretty big butter. Well, and you called it margarine, which is funny, because this takes place in Vermont, and where they're drinking maple syrup later on, so, I mean, I assume that's just what you'd put on those pancakes. Yeah, probably. Basically. This movie has one of the best uh, intros for a movie, like a comedy film. Like, right off the bat, it's fucking just hilarious. It's not like trying to get you to know characters. It lets you do it through the comedy. Yeah, yeah. There's no, like, setup on the characters. You just, like, see the characters, and then you just, like, start learning who they are by how they behave. Yeah, so the whole opening scene where they pull over the stoners, and they're fucking with them. <laughs> One of the funny quotes, one of the stoners says, you know, you know, to the other ones, after he's eaten all the shit, he's like, man, you just ate like a hundred bucks worth of pot, and like 30 bucks of shrooms, so I'm going to need like 130 bucks when you get a chance. Yeah, I, I was cracking up at that line. So. Uh, you're just like, yeah, it's fucking well written. Oh, yeah, that for, that's it's it's hard to beat some of the stuff in that. And so it just kicks off with all that fun stuff. And then, of course, you know, the car goes flying by, and then they go apprehend these kids, take them along for the police chase. You go in there, and you realize, like, you're like, holy shit, this is, like, getting intense really fast. What is going on with this? Then you find yep. out they're just fucking pranking each other, and I'm like, god damn. It's a good way to spend government Sons money. Bitches. I like it. <laughs> And then he does a bunch yeah, of shots, so. and then he fucking goes and gets in the car with them after they tease him and say, oh, yeah, you owe me money or whatever. Goes and fucks with the kids that are in the back of the car. And, you boys like Mexico? That was yeah. amazing. I like, that's still one of the most quotable lines in that whole thing. I see oh, yeah. people say that all the time when they're about to do something stupid while driving. So uh, they're uh, chugging syrup at this diner. And I was reading about this. Some of the syrup is uh, real syrup in the close-ups. But in the faraway shots, it's like uh, tea mixed with something to make it thicker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because that would just like make you sick if you had to do more than one take of that. So, fuck that. <laughs> but they said it didn't look right up close, so they were drinking the real fucking syrup for the up-close shit, which is still fucking gross. Yeah. And, um... Let's see. I noticed all the mustaches in this movie. As a fellow mustache-having man, Foster's the only one without a mustache, as well as the uh, rookie. But the rookie's like, I'm growing mine. Oh, yeah. And then the other guy's like, no, you, you can't grow a mustache. I didn't give you permission to grow a mustache yet. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Well, I, and I relate to that, man. I used to not be able to grow facial hair to save my life. They're like, if you, you're either going to die or you're going to grow facial hair, I'd be like, well... <laughs> See you guys on the other side. <laughs> right. And now I just was blessed with a smorgasbord of colors and mostly ginger, so 
I have part of a soul, according to rumor. If you believe in that I sort of thing. Believe it. Otherwise, I just look like a ginger beard. So there's a band I like. Uh, they're a punk band called Daggermouth, and uh, they have a song called Sing It Again, Rookie Biatch. And obviously that's a huh. Farva line in this movie. Yeah. So I just thought I'd take note of that. The song's actually yeah, the soap. better than the Farva. The, it's really good when uh, Farva puts the soap in his coffee. He's like, no, that one's the Rookies. And then, and then um, fucking... Mac is like, you should take a bar to, bite out of the bar of soap and, you know, fuck with him. And he keeps going on about it while the sergeant's trying to fucking, like, lecture them on something. And he takes the fucking bar of soap and spits it at him. Yeah, when he gets pissed. It's yeah, amazing. Brian Cox plays their, that guy. Which, here's an interesting note. There's, um, Brian Cox played, uh, Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter, if you've ever seen that. Oh, no, I had not. That was, like, the first... Hannibal Lecter movie, least popular one from the mid-80s. Well, we might have to visit that one then. Yeah, it's worth, uh, it's based on one of the books, it's called Manhunter. I heard it's not bad, especially among film people, so. Um, why that's interesting is, uh, the cop. The cop who, uh... The city cop? He's the head of the, he's the head of the cops, not the highway super troopers, you know. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Their sergeant or whatever. Yep. He's uh he's in uh Fuck. What was I just saying the other guy was in? Oh yeah, he's in Silence of the Lambs as a cop near the end of the movie. Oh, he is. Interesting. Yeah. So, two people from this movie have been in Hannibal Lecter movies, different ones. Just interesting lineup there randomly. Random Considering film trivia. Troopers. Yeah. And uh, there's a Blade Runner reference in this movie. Didn't even re- recognize it till this time around because I had watched Blade Runner recently. But when he's typing on his computer and he's going, Enhance. Enhance. Yeah, and, like they basically tell him to quit fucking around. Enhance. Yeah. No, this movie's oh, and, a total uh, you classic, know, right? I mean, I'm assuming this one's this one's pretty well known. A lot of people have seen this. It's one of the newer movies we've reviewed and talked about on here, so... Just kind of yeah. some of the highlights I have from this movie is uh, it really cracked me up when uh, Farva's out there fucking with the rookie talking about, oh, I'm going to be back on the road here soon. And, you know, kind of gives the speech about John Denver. And he's like, you get what I'm saying? He's like, mm-hmm. you're going to set my country music award on fire? Yeah. Uh, that line cracked me up because I just imagined a country music award being on fire. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm fine with country music awards being on fire. Oh, I saw the trivia for that, and it's funny because it's based on a sort of true story where the guy who was reading the award, <clears throat> you know, he was reading the announcement, he set the paper on fire that said John Denver was the winner, not the actual award, but oh, okay. I was like, who fucking, who fucking knows this and has the time to add this to the IMD trivia page? That's fucking weird, but somebody that probably watched it so, as a kid and knows where it came from. Right, that's tr- that's what trivia is on here, so. Yeah. I mean, somebody actually watched that award actually get burned, you know, probably on TV or saw it, you know, and, like, was just aware of the situation. No, I really like this movie. It's, um, I don't know, it's like, what do you say about this movie other than just describing scenes from it? Because it's just, it's just a great comedy film. Well, one of the scenes There's, we have um, to talk about, because it just relates back to Ghostbusters, is when they have the fucking rookie locked in the fucking locker... And he's covered uh-huh. in shaving cream. You're just like, oh man, it's the end of Ghostbusters all over again, in a different right. context. But they like lock him up in there, and then they, you know, like, oh, you got to go clean up because that's basically when they start talking about getting shut down and some yeah. of the absurd shit going on in there, right? You know, the pig in there that's in the the car or the RV that they yeah. find. You can totally see people rocking that RV too. Yeah, like and the crew. then. Obviously, they have the swingers section there with uh, the German couple in the Porsche, which is funny. Because exactly. like, later on, they come back in the movie, and like they're all about getting on right then and there. And like they keep reoccurring throughout the film, which is funny. So like they're locked up there, but like how long are they locked up? Like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, totally 
am thorny in that scene when he walks in and the, the pe- people are jumping naked on his bed and the, his, there with his wife and he's like, all right, who wants a mustache ride? And they both <laughs> say, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah. And the woman says, I would like one. And then the guy says, I do, I do. <laughs> but that's oh, funny yeah. though, because the way they frame <laughs> that scene, like, you know, you think they're they're having a casual conversation and you think they're talking about the kids jumping on the bed and they're like, hey, stop it. Hey, I told you to stop it. And then you look in there and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. It's such a good joke. Absolutely. And then uh, one of the other scenes that I really enjoy in this movie is, it's a simple one, but it's a funny one, when Favre is pumping gas. So he's pumping oh, gas, yeah. and it's like a free hot dog with a 10-gallon 10, uh, 10 purchase. So he gets to like nine gallon, like 9.19 gallons or some shit. And then once the free hot dog, so he just fucking pours gasoline in the trash can next to it. And I'm like, oh, my God. That just like says so much about that character that he's like willing to burn down a gas station. Just to get a free hot dog. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, man. You know, actually, that reminds me. I've seen lately, in the last week, two people smoking cigarettes at a gas station. And I'm just like, uh, oh, this is how I go. <laughs> people trying to win Darwin Awards. People trying to blow up the whole damn gas station, take me with them. So when they're talking God about damn. car ramrod, right, and he's like, Barbara, I didn't even think you could make a dark man blush. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I like the baseball scene, too, when they're at the baseball game. Oh, yeah, and they buy the cotton candy, and, like, they're starting all the controversy over there. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Or you got them, uh, Foster showing up on the date with Ursula, dressed as a biker. <laughs> yes. Or I love when they finally are getting it on the back of the cop car, and they fucking lock themselves in the back. And she's like, "Yeah, you you usually got to let people out from the side. And then she's like, oh, well, whatever, and just goes with it. So, I mean, why not? <laughs> May as well finish what you're doing. Worry about it later. Yeah. This review is totally turned into, you ever see that bit um, on SNL with Chris Farley? And he's like, you remember in Super Troopers <laughs> when uh, they did this thing? Wasn't that, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I realized... But it's like... Go ahead. Oh, so we're just, we're just talking our favorite things in there, so I totally get that from that sketch, right? That's kind of funny, because we're just kind of all over the place with this one. Um, but, yeah. you know, like one of my favorite lines to quote from uh, Home Alone is, you're sick, Mav, you know that? You're sick. And then when they're out there and Mac gets shot in the fucking little cockpiece bulletproof vest or whatever that he has... You know, oh, yeah. Ryan Cox's character comes out there and he goes, you know, oh, give me the gun. And he shoots it. And he's like, in my day, uh, you know, we, we shot at the rookie and we used blanks. And he goes, you're a sick, you're a sick motherfucker, Mac. And Mac just kind of like laughs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of another line right up there. You're a sick motherfucker. I need to say that one more often. Yeah, I love it. And then at the yeah, this movie is the ending scene's kind of funny too when they're fucking around because like some of it's so over the top, right? When they realize like uh, Farve is going out there at the end, like you know, try to stop it. Oh, we're here for the bust, and then they're like, yeah, shoot him. And then they fucking send Farve's car, and they stole while they're all fucking drunk, and they're hiding in yeah. the trunk while the the car's getting shot at. And then they all get out, and it's like a it's an over the top like fight scene. I'm like, well realistically they all would have been shot and fucking murdered there but you know it's much more fun to have them like run around and make a little skit a little scene so kind of a fun ending yeah. to the movie it's like over the top in so many spots well yeah then they go to like uh what is it like a couple months later and they're delivering beer yeah to the kids from the beginning of the movie right and they're having a house party exactly they go in there and then they're under then they... undercover spurberry police department Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, all that for a noise complaint? And then it shows them fucking partying with those ones all night, which that scene I kind of feel like heavily inspired um, super bad when the the cops are hanging out with the kid in that movie. Like, right? Just kind of fucking around oh, yeah. with it. I, think, I kind of feel like there's some inspiration from that there. I can see that. I saw this movie when I was way too young to have probably seen it, but I've always loved it, so... Yeah, that's just part of what makes you a character. 
pretty much. I mean, I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like three, so, you know, it's fine. I had nightmares forever for that, so it's cool. You can see stuff too early sometimes, and it turns out for the best. Right? Oh, yeah. And then, so, the funny thing here, and I love it, in the credits, they have the scene where, you know, they talk about the scene that got Farva put on dispatch. And, you know, they're like, the oh, yeah. school bus scene. And so they actually have that filmed and show it in there, which is perfect. Yeah, it's hilarious. Which, because, you know, they wind up doing that in Super Troopers, too, as well. They, they always talk about, like, this certain thing that happens in there, like, comes up, you know, like something stupid one of them did. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. But Super Troopers is still very funny. I laughed my ass off through that. I just don't think critics understood it. I mean, most people I know enjoy that movie. More more people like that than don't, from my experience. Well, yeah. The 90% critic rating. Clearly people like that movie. You mean viewer rating? Is that what I not said? Uh, yeah, fuck it. Viewer rating. Audience score is, I think, the technical term. So, uh, we got one more segment. One more segment? Top five. Top, top, top five. Top five. Top, top, top five. Top five. Top five. This is top five. So, top five. Top five this week, I decided I was going to pick the topic for top five. And this week, I went with top five television sitcoms. Top five TV sitcoms. So, so like, it's kind of hard to distinguish what a sitcom is in this modern world. 20 years ago, it wouldn't be very hard to say, this is a sitcom, this is not. But, um, I think we, me and Justin came with a, a decent definition of it amongst ourselves and discluded and included certain things, so. So when you tell us your top five. If you don't like our lists. Follow these what rules. I said, so when you do your top five, follow these rules. There's rules? Well, yeah. Didn't you make rules? No, I didn't make rules. I was just going to say, if you don't like our list, fuck off. Oh. I know my rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's your rules? If you don't like what I'm doing, kiss my ass? Kiss his I ass? I mean, yeah. Kiss your ass? This is my top five. Not your top five. Give me your top five. You can make your own rules. All right. Are we getting into it? They just it have then? to be considered a sitcom. Yeah. I'm going to let you go first since I came up with the topic. What's your number five? Okay. My number five will be a no surprise to anybody, but is Alf. Number five, huh? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the entire series in so long. So there's other stuff I've watched much more frequently your from that. This but phone. I am currently watching all of ALF. Uh, started with season one. I'm most of the way through season one now. It's all streaming for free on Vudu. So I went to go look to buy it online and it was streaming for free. And I'm like, well, may as well watch it for free then. So ALF, it's yeah. so nostalgic. It's, it's the oldest show on my list, right? You know, growing up, there's a lot of shows that we watched as a family or whatever, watched growing up. And they don't hold up for me, right? Um, Alf, I still watch and really enjoy, so that's uh, that's why it made the list. What's your number five? Makes sense. Number five for me has seven seasons. Started in 2009 and ended in 2014. Uh, has a very extensive cast and is quite a breakout show. I speak, of course, of uh, Parks and Recreation. Very nice. Uh... I love Parks and Rec. I was never a huge Office fan. I understand they're similar shows, but to me, Parks and Rec is better. It has more interesting subject matter to me. The parks and government aspects I find interesting. I've always been interested in politics and shit in general, so political comedy is something I'm always interested in. The Daily Show, stuff like that. But this has all that bureaucratic nonsense along with sitcom. Just hilarity. And it's also shot, you know, the same way as kind of like The Office was shot. And not just The Office, but Arrested Development and Reno 911. Yeah, a bunch so, of these like fake documentary type TV shows, right? Where the, that's kind of the perspective yeah. they're showing. And like people talk to the camera and have those interactions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would definitely, I mean, Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman's character alone makes that show better for me than the office there's a lot of people that love the office like don't get me wrong i don't hate the office at all 
I like it, but I just don't watch it over and over. Like, there's people out there that live by restarting The Office or Friends over and over every time they complete the series, and I'm just like, that's not my lifestyle. Yeah, The Office for me, it's, um, there's no characters that are very likable. They're all, they're all unlikable, which is okay when you're talking about being, I don't know, satire unlikable. But it's just like they're unlikable, like it's uh, over the top stupid, or like, you know, just the fact that that character Kevin exists is kind of ridiculous. Which I guess you could say the same thing about Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec, but fuck you, he's funnier. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, overall, I have a, a much better time watching Parks and Rec, so I definitely agree with that one. So. <laughs> no offense to The Office. I still watch The Office occasionally. I don't mind it. I like it. It's funny, but. Oh, absolutely. Just like Parks better. Yep. So, what's your number four? My number four is the show from FX, The League. It's a fantasy football themed show at its core but there's so much more to it than that like the characters in that show are amazing they're so some of them are so over the top um but that show was really i don't know i just love that show even though there's a fair amount of sports talk in it and stuff like that but i just got a kick out of the bullshit that went on with that show i loved every season of it so uh and it yeah. and it one of the things I like about that show is it didn't overextend itself. Like, right, they kind of knew when to end the series, right? They didn't take it out any longer than they needed to. They probably could have gotten away with, like, one less season, but it wasn't fucking trash by the time it ended. It was like, okay, feels like a good spot to call it a show. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air which uh, was on the air from 1990 to 1996 and lasted for six seasons. Um, it's one of those sitcoms that holds up very well. Um, a few years ago, I started seeing the DVDs for it pop up at Target, and I eventually collected the whole series. And I've since rewatched it through probably two or three times since I bought it. And uh, it's always on. It's kind of come... A comfort TV show, you know? It's one of those that you can just throw on any time. Um, it just reminds me of nostalgia. It's like that nostalgic comfort TV, so... Absolutely. It has that going for it. Also, it's a really deep show. I mean, there's lots of reasons why. Yeah, there's... It's one of the best TV show theme songs of all time. Yeah, and there's lots of layering going on there, right? There's always, like... They have a good amount of moral to the story. There's a lot of good stuff in there, and it's funny, too. It's, like, legit funny, right? Earlier in the yep. day, we were talking briefly about, you know, like home improvement. Home improvement doesn't hold up very well to me, right? And that's a family-oriented story, too. To me, Fresh Prince yeah, of Bel-Air is, like, still fun to watch to this day. So definitely understand why that's on the list. For sure. What do you got? Well, my number three is the show Vice Principles. It's a Danny McBride show, and uh, it's fucking hilarious. Did it last for two seasons, or is it still on? Nope, it was just two seasons. Again, another show thought. that, like, they got through with everything they needed to do it. And I think that's one thing about some of Danny McBride's shows that they've done well. He hasn't drawn them out longer than they need to be. Like, Eastbound and Down, like I was considering, but I was like, really? Some of that seemed like it was drawn out a little bit too much, and they brought it back for, like, a, an extra season, like, later on. I kind of thought they could have left it off where they'd left it. Um... But this show had two high-quality seasons that I just laughed about a lot. So Vice Principals is on there. Nice. Uh, for number three, I've got a show that has kind of come on and off the air over the years, since the year 2000, for 20 years. It has 10 seasons and stars the legendary Larry David. I'm talking of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Good choice. And uh, I discovered this show much later than everyone else in the last couple of years, but I have fallen in love with it. Um, it's one of the best written shows ever. Improvised. Uh, everything is solid. Like, there's never a dull episode in this show, and they don't have super long seasons. 
you know, like 10 seasons stretched throughout 20 years. They're not overdoing it. They're just trying to push out good content. There's no filler in this show. Yeah, they, they always seem to release it when they need to. And uh, the only season I don't like watching is the one where they're talking about a Seinfeld reunion. And you know why? Because I fucking hate Seinfeld. Because I fucking hate Jerry Seinfeld. And that's so, a fucking uh, you'd hot you'd think take. that's pretty weird of me to like, uh, you know, curb your enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, I know. People are going to be like, what the hell? You hate you hate Seinfeld. I'll kill your family. But <laughs> no, I, I just don't. I can't stand him. And even though Larry David and his character is very similar to it, you could argue that to me. I get it. And Larry David helped create Seinfeld. I get it. But I just like Larry David and I don't like Seinfeld. Yeah, that's that's wild because I'm in uh, agreement on that one. So that's a good that's a good <laughs> one right there, though. Yep. So what do you got? Uh, number my two. number two is Workaholics. Noble choice. It's a very funny show. I love how that's again. It's just like silly shit, but it's like it reminds me of stuff that we did, but like. The way it's done, it reminds me of like how we would tell the stories of the stupid shit we did at different times, right? You know, so it's just relatable like that. Like a core group of friends oh, doing yeah. silly shit. Like, you know, if I was going to tell a story of that, you know, and you're going to embellish, you're going to exaggerate and make it over the top here and there, like, a, that's how I imagine it would play out. Yeah, it definitely feels like before things escalate in every episode, it feels like shit that you would be doing or I would be doing 10, you know, five, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, it's very relatable at that, and then, like, it just escalates, and you're like, okay. And it's, uh, I definitely enjoy that one a lot, so. Plus, they have a really good, like, self-depreciation humor going on in there. I think it goes unnoticed, as well as, like, a, like a mix of nostalgia and satire. So, like, you know how Mark Simmers is a guest host on one of their episodes, and then Polly Shore is in one, and Andy Dick and they have an episode where fucking Biff and Carrie Elways are, uh, they think that they're, those two people are hunting them in the woods and shit. Yes, and who else has like, a cameo with somebody's dad on there? Oh, yeah. William Atherton plays Durr's dad in one of the most hilarious episodes of that show. Yes, fucking classic. Yeah, I love that show. It's good. All right, so what's... <laughs> they they ask him if he's, like, hung like a horse or some shit. Oh, yeah. They, they call his... His name's Thor in that, so they talk about his dick and they call it Thor's Hammer. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, what's your number two? Number two. We're down to two. Number two... is... my favorite comedy show... Um, that's pretty much been produced since I've been alive. And it's, uh, started in 2005. It's still going at 14 seasons. Uh, it's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. This show is fucking incredible. Just when you you think it's going to have to degrade in quality because it's on its 14th season, you're wrong. Now, there are hit-or-miss episodes once in a while. But most of it is the most well-done satirical content ever. Like, it's just a masterpiece of a show. I don't think I have to explain that. Um... It's one of my favorites. I will just watch the shit out of the show. I love the cast. I love when they added Danny DeVito. It's one of the best fucking decisions any show's ever made about adding a character. Absolutely. It's solid, and I love it. So that's my number two. Well, that's funny because that's my number one. Haha. <laughs> that show is glorious, right? It's... Again, it's like then the same kind of thing. Like I'm looking at my list, and I'm like, all these shows have very similar things to them. Just the absurdity of like the life and that kind of bullshit. And yep. all the characters on that are great because they're so dynamic, right? And then if you just look at uh, 
you know, the way that characters change and grow over the seasons and do different shit. And yeah, once they added Danny DeVito to that, like that show went from being good to like fucking amazing. You're already like, okay, this is pretty cool. And like, how the hell did they amplify that? Right. And they fucking did it. Right. You know, one of the things I still like to talk about on that, one of my favorite episodes is the Nightcrawlers episode. They're talking about how they're crawling around it in their apartment at night. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's so many great things in that show. So many great guest stars. So many great, just like crazy inventive concepts for sitcoms and then like parodies of sitcoms. The episodes get crazier and crazier. Like just the evolution of Rickety Cricket, for example. Oh, yeah. That motherfucker is one haggard son of a bitch now. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, then they just, like, let it go. And they're not afraid to just do bizarre shit, whatever they want, right? They're just so weird with it. Right, like the the man-hunting episode where they're hunting him is fucking hilarious. Yeah, there's so many classics on there. But yeah. uh, what's your number one? Ah, number one has four seasons. It was produced from 1986 to 1990. Oh, it's Alf. Alf. There you go. Yep, Alf is uh, has a special place in my heart. I'll probably watch Alf on my deathbed. If I have an option of watching something on my deathbed, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> If it's not just implanted in your brain by the time you're old. Yeah. Unless I've merged with the computer, and then I'll be watching movies I've made in my own head, like Alf meets the Ghostbusters. And then I'll probably watch that while I die. Next week, we'll be back with, uh, like I said, Ghostbusters Day special. We'll also have a new video. We're going to have another video probably up before that as well. Check out the Mail Time video and our LA video on YouTube right now. All the videos! Check out all the content, because I know you're bored. Or you want to break from, uh, looking at all the protest videos and shit. Yeah, watch our shit, cheer yourself up a little bit, but keep a reality check going on too. But we're here to cheer you up. Yeah. So, watch us open some toys and comics and shit. And more importantly, kids. play with toys and read some comics and shit. Get back yeah. to that childlike Go state of mind. Enjoy it. Be creative. Hit us up with your top 5 sitcoms on our social media, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you feel like. I know, I I can tell you right now, our friend Edgar's fucking wants to pick up his chair and throw it at the wall because we didn't have How I Met Your Mother on there, but, you know, honorable mention, son, so I'm giving you a shout out there, so suck it. Yeah, honorable mentions uh, for me include Arrested Development, Wilfred, Reno 911, Workaholics, That 70s Show. And then I also have a list of sitcoms that I want to say fuck you to for everyone listening. Friends, Seinfeld, and Big Bang Theory. Fuck you. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch Seinfeld, because clearly it has its place in pop culture, and people love it. I just don't love it. In fact, he hates it. But uh, Big Bang Theory, that has no place. Fuck that show, and fuck everyone who likes it. <laughs> you got some pent-up no, frustration to get there. <laughs> if I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. I'd like to introduce Mr. Thick Dick to Mr. Urinal Cake. <laughs> well, we're just kind of rambling on at this point, joking around, but uh, yeah, just hit us up. Look out for next week. We're going to have some videos up this week in our new podcast next Tuesday morning, probably. Maybe Monday night, just depends on how it all goes. But that video for Ghostbusters Day will be up Monday for sure. Okay, bye, Mark. Oh, bye, Mark. These are my dinner guests. The Frog Brothers. The Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers, Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. The Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers, Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. Frog Brothers. Frog Brothers, Frog Brothers. These are my dinner guests. The Frog Brothers.